Welcome to Everything Belongs, a podcast for those living, creating, leading, and thriving while in the deep end of life. I'm your host, Madison Morgan, leadership coach, creative consultant, and speaker. I coach soulful visionaries and go-getting mavericks who desire to create art of their lives and take their work both deeper and higher. In this show, I'll be bringing you an overflow of conversations with my favorite thought leaders, teachers, healers, and creatives who inspire me to live more fully in my own power, worth, and wholeness, along with offering some episodes where I share my own practical insights, behind-the-scenes peeks into my process, and tools I use on my own journey. There will not be much we shy away from here because at this table, everything belongs. Therefore, you can expect me to ask the uncomfortable, juicy questions. You can expect that you'll hear people you disagree with on the podcast and maybe even ideas you've never previously considered. I trust you with your own discernment as we take this deep dive. You can expect to laugh, cry, learn, and be challenged by the guests as they share their diverse experiences and views of the world. It's my hope through learning to see that all of it belongs that you will develop a more sovereign way of holding yourself so you can playfully go after the life, relationships, and career you are made for, to let all parts of yourself have a seat at the table, to lead and create from your deepest truth, and become your own source of validation, all because you finally know you're worthy of it. All that's required to get started, that you show up curious and willing. Let's dive in. Hello, loves, and I'm so happy to be here with you. I am inside the closet, inside the tiny house in Arkansas, and am really enjoying a couple spacious days. We took Easter weekend to disconnect, to be in nature, to go down to the Buffalo River and the Steel Creek, um, if anyone in the world knows where that's at, and spend some time at Jamie's tiny house, which she hand-built. If you're curious about that, just Google yoga teacher tiny house, and she was on Tiny House Nation. So you can get a peek at what the tiny house looks like. But I'm in the closet, and <laughs> it's where I recorded today's episode and obviously this this intro. And I'm really excited to bring you this conversation on celebration. I journaled through these five conditions for a life of celebration after last week sharing in a sacred space with Rachel Maddox and a circle of people that she had gathered for her program, Rebloom. I shared that one of the biggest grieves in my life has been lack of spaces to be all of me in in a celebratory way, that I have found spaces to be sad. I've found found spaces to navigate deconstruction and hardship and that those vulnerable times really need a certain level of belonging, that you're going to belong no matter what. And yet I have found that whenever my life is going really well and whenever I feel most connected to my truth and abundance and beauty and I feel a celebratory energy, I often find that the people who say that they can hold it with me really struggle really, really struggle. And I'll talk about it more in the episode, but I am often the recipient of messages like, you really triggered me until I realized I could be free, or you really triggered me until X, Y, or Z. And I've received those kinds of messages my entire life. I think my maybe my personality just does that. I don't know. But I think other women and other people who have access to a sense of celebration in, in their energy... Um, and also access to their power really come up against who is going to hold you in your power. And that has been an ongoing question I've asked, not just in that conversation with Rachel, where I shared quite tenderly 
um, to that group of people about how it's been such a source of grief and loneliness. But this has been something that I have known was a purpose of mine because of how difficult it was me for for me to find those spaces of safe people to be all of me in. Because we we talk about spaces where all of us can be welcome. And then we struggle with women, <laughs> other women who are being all of themselves. So that's kind of where this conversation was born from. And, you know, that's where my program Rising Sovereign came from as well, is where where can we go to be held in the fullness and vastness of our power, to really reconnect to our power, to reconnect to source, to feel spacious on the inside, to really give our contribution and our sacred medicine to the world and then show up in that in reciprocal relationship. So this is in kind of a a little a little taste of my own reflections on celebration and what living a life of celebration has meant in relationship to others. And it's also a a portal into what you might experience if you happen to join us in Rising Sovereign this round. Um, I've mentioned in a couple places that there are only a few seats left. I only take nine people through this a year. And there are three seats left as I'm recording this. So I have no idea by the time this comes out if there'll even be seats left. I hope there is, because I hope if you're listening, you still have a chance to apply. So if it is something you're curious about, if you want to journey with me over nine months for sacred depth coaching, some group masterminding, and really living a life reconnected to your power, Rising Sovereign is my invitation. So you can go to madisonmorgan.com backslash rising dash sovereign to learn more more. Um, And then take a listen to the episode. See if this lands with you. See if it feels like something that is like, ooh, that's a growth edge for me. And if so, circle back and let me know. I want to hear how this lands for you because we are all in different places regarding feeling comfortable with our own power, being seen in our power, and then celebrating our power. Let's dive in to the episode. True celebration reserved for the safest of safe. Those who are vulnerable enough to simmer in the good and not squirm. Whew. True celebration. Yes, for those vulnerable enough to simmer in the good and not squirm. I want to know who is holding you tenderly and safely in your goodness, in your fullness, and in your potential. Do you have people in your life who you're being really honest with about your deepest desires, ambitions, and knowings? Last week, I sat in a circle of women and beautiful humans, and I shared that a long-standing longing on my heart, a deep and long-term need, has always been belonging with celebration. Even stating it out loud in that space brought up tears, both from the length of the longing, like how long I have felt this way since I was a little girl, and also just the tenderness and vulnerability of naming it out loud. I want to be celebrated. I want more celebration in my life. And I want more humans with the capacity for celebration to meet me. I think for the longest time in my life, I have felt this capacity for celebration truly since I was a little girl and looking around me, realizing that very few people could meet me in that, could meet me in really taking in the beauty of life. And that created a sense of loneliness. And there's so many reasons for this. There's so many reasons why people don't have capacity to celebrate, why people don't see the goodness or can't hold the goodness of life. Because it takes a lot of inner safety to be with our own vitality, power, fully expressed truth. 
And like I mentioned, I've always had quite a profound capacity for celebration, a kind of shamelessness that I came in with for enjoying the goodness of life. And Enjoying the goodness of others, like it's really easy for me to celebrate the goodness of others and to uplift them and to celebrate with them. It's never been an area where I felt much jealousy or even comparison in a way that made me feel bad when other people were doing well. If you are a woman with a lot of ambition, power, and audacity like me, you might know the experience when other women become skeptical of you or dislike you before they know you simply because your presence is activating. I actually receive messages on Instagram and from colleagues in conversations quite often that people are triggered by me before they know me. And it took me a long time to admit how lonely that made me feel, how being the recipient of messages from other women saying, I didn't like you, or I thought you were fake, or I thought your happiness wasn't real until I got to know you. And I realized that that shit was just about me, (laughs) which, you know, of course it is. Of course it is. And how many powerful women, how many women who are committed to their thriving, to their healing, to making the world a place that is like the vision on their heart, how often do we receive these messages that separate us from belonging? that separate us from feeling like it's safe to be seen in our power. And as I reflected on this situation where I shared the circle of women and the the actual comments that I was processing, receiving from friends that were like, you know, you really triggered me, blah, blah, blah. I began thinking about how lonely it is for so many women in leadership positions because they play this role. We play this role often of the strong friend, often of being held as someone who has to be perfect but also has to be vulnerable and like navigating all of these really strange projections that happens when people perceive you as a person with more power and with more leadership and the nuances of making sure we're taking that responsibility seriously and also not taking it so seriously that we're so cautious that we aren't being ourselves it makes me wonder where where we go, where women who are incredibly powerful and bold and audacious, where do they go to be held as they are holding so much space for others? That is a question that I have been contemplating more and more over the last couple years. And I think it it needs to be said that there is a time and place for being with others in their pain and for not taking up all of the air in a room um, with with our power or our bigness. Um, right right space is important. Taking up the right amount of space. Yes, we need to know and discern that. And we, you know, we need spaces for shared struggle. We need spaces to deconstruct. We need spaces to lean in and ask for help for the tender moments, for admitting whenever we can't do it all on our own. We need spaces to cry, to let go of old stories. And And this is a big and. In doing that, there comes a time where we need spaces that will also hold us in wholeness, that will also hold us in our fullness, that will also hold us in our power. Spaces where our worth is assumed and our fullness is celebrated. Spaces where it is safe to be seen in our full power and vital expression. Spaces where we can say, yes, this is painful. And also, what if there's more? 
I want more. I want more than just trudging through the hard things. And I think that it is appropriate to claim that. And I think a lot of women that I hold space for in Rising Sovereign, and this has been obviously my experience as well, which is why I can speak to it, is we start to ask, am I allowed to ask for more? Am I going after more? If I go after more, will anyone be there to support me or celebrate me or hold me in both the difficulties of it and the celebration of it? When I reflect on my own inner circle of safe people, It's gotten smaller and smaller as my business, public work, and spheres of influence have widened, and it's also gotten smaller and smaller since my health and vitality and capacity for life has increased. In reflection, after receiving some feedback in that circle of women where I originally shared this, I realized it comes down to feeling safe for celebration. That poem I shared at the beginning of the episode, I actually wrote that over a year ago. It was like my soul actually knew what I already needed, right? Safe to be seen in the fullness and vastness of our power. And when I think of the work I do in Rising Sovereign, for example, that's the exact role I play for other people, to provide a container for their rising and their purpose and their power and their celebration, leadership and fullness. It's for those who might feel like they don't have spaces to go and really be seen and held in the bigness and vastness of their vision, in the depth of their heart, in the both and of the beauty and the struggle. So in reflecting on this after that circle of women where I shared and thinking about Rising Sovereign, because it's open for enrollment right now, so this is really present for me, I was journaling on what what are the conditions that make this container so powerful? What are the conditions that make those very sacred few relationships in my life that can hold space for my bigness, what makes those so sweet? What has really allowed me to feel safe for celebration? And what what allows Rising Sovereign to be as expansive as it is? And in my reflections, here's what I came up with. Five conditions for a life of celebration. One, connecting to your power. Two, connecting to an abundant source or God or spirit interconnectedness, essentially. Three, inner safety, inner spaciousness. Four, clarity and contribution. And five, reciprocal relationships. And I want to explain those a little bit more in a bit, but I wanted to share how I got to how deeply relational celebration is in this processing. Because if I think back to my own pain and trauma, it happened in relationship where I felt like it was unsafe to be seen in my power. And when I think about what the moments where I feel safest in my power, it's whenever I have been witnessed in my power, mirrored in my goodness, and told it was safe to come into full recognition of myself. And that's very key to child development as well. Whenever we are mirrored by a caregiver, that it's safe to be us, that it's safe to set boundaries, that it's safe to be who we are in the world and express that. We are relational beings, which means relationships are key in a life of celebration. Being fully recognized in the fullness and vastness of your power without the onlooker saying must be nice or the fear that by being all of you is taking away from another. My love, what I'm talking about is the desire for more than just surviving without feeling guilt for that. 
but to spill the tea on the successes, the thriving, the joys, the beauty of life, and have it ravenously received by others who are safe and spacious enough to not be moved in the slightest when you roar. I want to walk in a room of powerful women and not fear that I'm taking up too much space, but to take up all of my rightful space and no more than that. To not fear that I'm diminishing anyone by existing in my truth. To have that discernment. To not fear that my wants are too audacious or my capacity for goodness too much or my thriving too painful for another to witness. I want all of us to feel safe to be seen in our holy power. Isn't that what so many of us want the most when we start doing the inner work? We want to be free to have access to our power and authentic self-expression to be received by the world. Yet, whenever we actually get to the precipice of living free and expressing our power, I find the most fear rises up. How, if we never let ourselves really feel it or move from it, will we ever know if we're living in our freedom? Isn't that the wound so many of us are looking to heal when we start this work? That we fear our true essence is both too much and not enough for other people. I find most of the women who go through my programs feel much more comfortable excavating their shadows, looking to fix their wounded places, and shifting through old patterns than they are when it comes to owning their brilliance and magic and power. In Awaken Her Soul, the biggest drop-off week whenever it comes to people like taking a break from the program isn't whenever we're doing the hard, deep, shadowy work. It's actually when we start tapping into our true power and say it's safe to be seen in your power that people take a break from the program. I find that so interesting. And similarly in Rising Sovereign, when people start to see how reconnection to their power and sovereign self-leadership allows them to live with so much more clarity and discernment and ease and capacity for goodness, that's when they start squirming. That's when we start squirming. Why is that? Why is it that it's so challenging to receive goodness? Why is it that it's terrifying to say, thanks for the advice, but I actually know my truth? Why is it that being in our power scares the hell out of us? Why is it that being seen, letting things be easy, expressing our joy and celebrating our true essence makes us squirm? Why is it that moving into leadership makes us question our own integrity? Well, sometimes I do think it's good to be questioning our integrity, but not to the point where we can't show up. I think we know what other women will say about us when we leave the room. Because we've been in conversations that are judging women who shine so bright, who go after what they want, who are that audacious, and who really think they're something. You know what I'm talking about. Culturally, a woman fully in her power is a woman to be feared. A woman who we've internalized will be alone. A woman who cannot be trusted. And in a world where power has been used to exclude and cause harm— Those I work with, and myself included, are keenly aware of how our power and presence impacts people, sometimes so much so that we dishonor ourselves to make space for others, which is not right relationship. It's not sovereign way of relating. There has to be a different way. Where do these women who are deeply intuitive, deeply sensitive, deeply ambitious, go to be seen, held, and celebrated in their power? Where do they go? 
Many of us have been bullied, humiliated, or even abused for our vital, authentic self-expression. Or we have asserted our power, and sometimes that power was the most vital, joyous, celebratory expression of our power, and we've had it quieted down or punished. Personally, having come from a home where verbal abuse was used to alter my behavior, and I experienced extreme bullying in high school from friends and actually a teacher, and then indoctrinating myself into evangelicalism, which is very rule-based, and where I was taught my heart was deceitful, that I could not be trusted, that my power was dangerous, I came into adulthood with deep wounds, fearing my authentic self and the feeling that it was unsafe to be seen in my power that I could not be trusted in my own discernment. And for those who love astrology, I also have Chiron and Leo. So (laughs) that would make so much sense for this being a path for me to take where I learned that it's safe to be myself because I learned, be it a soul contract or just through life, that I had to thrive in secret, that to bring my celebrations to people was unsafe because other people's capacity for dropping into celebration wasn't there. And like many people who share my experience, be it in a familial way, a cultural way, or a systemic way, we come into adulthood with adaptive strategies and personality compensations. We have layers and masks on top of our authentic expression. We outsource our power and safety. We follow the leader and then feel silly for doing it. We diminish ourselves. We play small. Or we diminish other people and want them to play small so that we feel more safe. We identify with old stories and wounds in order to keep our belonging. And even whenever we've outgrown those labels and complain about them, it's safer to stay there. When I look at that list, that list I just read off for you, we put off our freedom. That's really what it comes down to. We put off our freedom when we allow ourselves to be who we are and be seen in who we are. Sovereign leaders, fully expressed, trustworthy, celebratory, vital, clear, discerning, congruent, authentic, wise, heart-centered, whole, and human. Because of the messaging we received, no matter how it came, if it was through actions, through the media, through someone actually saying to you that your power was dangerous, no matter how it came, We internalize that a woman in her power and her truth who was sourcing safety and validation was a woman to be feared. And hot damn, a woman who's in her power, in her truth, leading with ambition, a heart for service and justice and a sense of her worth in a culture of people afraid of these women (laughs) who actually seek to annihilate them. Where are they supposed to go to be met and celebrated and actually thrive to go higher in their leadership and sink even deeper in their integrity? We all know that there are systemic, historic, and personal wounds and imprints here. Wounds of scarcity, not enoughness, sisterhood wounds, belonging wounds, intergenerational violence for some, suppression of women. For all of us who are women and who were assigned female at birth, we have intergenerational suppression and violence against women in our lineages, even in our spiritual lineages. We have inherited an inability to set boundaries, both with ourselves and others, disconnection from our voice, confusion about our truth. We obviously have the patriarchy's desire for competition over collaboration and the fear that being in our power is inherently dangerous because what we see by those who have power culturally causes harm. 
So as I reflected, again, I came up with these five conditions for a life of celebration that felt deeply regenerative, as in it's good for all. The ecosystem of a life of celebration is good for all, not just for a select few. And I think that's what is really important to just nail in here because the people I work with are so compassionate, so heart-centered that the thought of diminishing another by being in our power makes us feel very unsafe and very scared to move into our power and our leadership. So I just want to state that all of these conditions make the world a better place. And if they're not making the world a better place, then that's really not something to celebrate. (laughs) So as I share these This is meant to give more and more space and more and more access to more and more people. And that includes you. Okay. So the five conditions for a life of celebration, the first is connection to your power. That means discernment, vital boundaries, both boundaries externally to keep out what's not for you and inner boundaries that are the guardians of the goodness. That you're actually making choices in your energy, emotions, attitudes, behaviors, time that guard the goodness of your life, which means that to have connection to your power, you have to have capacity for choice, self-consent. You have to actually be able to have that inner spaciousness for choice and then to be making choices that honor your true essence. Because if we're not making choices that honor our essence, we're going to be wildly incongruent and feel out of integrity, even if we're trying to set external boundaries. If they're not really from that deep inner connection to our power, they're just kind of like scaffolding that doesn't hold anything up. It's like it needs to actually protect your power and be an expression of your power. So the second condition for a life of celebration after connection to your power is connection to an abundant source. So that source for you might be God, it might be Mother Earth, it might be your ancestors or a faith tradition. It really, to me, doesn't matter what that abundant source is as long as it is supporting you to have validation and worthiness sourced from within. That you know that you are meant to be here. That you, not only do you matter, but you are an integral part of divine expression. Your true essence is an important part of this ecosystem that we are all in together. So you being more of you is you being an expression of the divine. And that connection to an abundant source also helps to unroot from the ways that we have internalized scarcity from intergenerational traumas and places where we might have experienced scarcity in our life, this connection to an abundant source and an understanding of this ecosystem of life helps us surrender to a sense of being supported. And I think that is so important if we want to be living a life of celebration because whenever I you know, deconstructed from my faith, I really went on my own for quite a while and I felt this pressure that never quite went away until I reconnected to a surrender to source, not in a religious way, not in a bypassing way, but in a way where I was really acknowledging that I wasn't ultimately in control. (laughs) Because like I mentioned for the first condition, connection to your power, there's self-responsibility there. There's an assertion of I can make choices that make change. But with the second condition of a life of celebration, it's to a point. I have power for what I can control. I'm responsible for myself and I'm surrendered to this life, to this 
abundant source, that maybe there's a higher power or a higher knowledge that I can't understand here, like a surrender to the mystery. That has just really supported me so much. So the third condition for a life of celebration is inner safety and spaciousness. And this could be understood as nervous system range, your window of tolerance, so to speak, to hold the goodness. You can go up into activation and you can go down into slow, slow moving and all that feels safe for you. So that joy that can sometimes feel like anxiety or feel like um, spontaneity that can feel like scary starts to feel easy for you that to, co- to go in and out of and that slowing down feels really safe for you. So nervous system range is the ability ability to go up and down and have a wide range of emotional experience without it getting stuck and like kinked up in your hose on the inside. So life can literally flow through you. Also with the spaciousness, you're not gripping as much around life. I think there's a really beautiful, if we understand our bodies, a beautiful connection between what we're gripped up internally Um, My girlfriend, Jamie, she says, you know, people with a tight ass generally are tight ass. And I think that that goes to be said here is that inner spaciousness where we have adaptability, where we are allowing life to flow through us, allowing our emotions to flow through us without bypassing. So we're not gripping on to our suffering and on to the stories that make us suffer more, but we're allowing pain to flow through. And with that, we are also allowing goodness to flow through. So we're not bypassing. We're not saying, no, the bad can't come in. But we're not attaching to the bad and difficult things in a certain way. We're allowing them, allowing grief, and then allowing beauty. And we're not going into either or thinking that we have to wait for celebration until all of life is perfect. No, we celebrate the moment celebration comes through and we grieve the moment grief comes through. And it creates a life of celebration because we're no longer waiting for all of the bad things to stop before we allow the beauty. Because often the beauty is often right there with the difficult things. And to acknowledge the beauty doesn't mean we're canceling out the harm or the suffering or the pain. It means that we're actually opening up our vision and capacity to see more than just the pain. And that to me is spacious and adaptable thinking. We're, we're much less rigid. So we have inner safety and spaciousness, that third condition for a life of celebration. The fourth condition for a life of celebration is clarity and contribution. And I love this one because it's all about clarity on your essence, to know your sacred medicine, to have clarity on your genius. Like what is so important about being you? You are magic. What, like, what is the magic you bring? What is the impact you have on a room? And not only just having the knowledge of that, but also having an area in your life where you can serve and express that sacred medicine. And I think in Rising Sovereign, we talk about this in the final months of the program in Abundance and Contribution and Devotion to Purpose Month. And it, it's not necessarily about having a career, although for some it is, right? For some people, it is about having a career, but it's about having a place where you can serve and express your sacred medicine unabashedly, right? Fully, where you can be giving from the flow of life that's pouring out of you and to lead from your sacred medicine and your true essence. That is, that feels so good. And I think whenever you tap into that, even if, even if it's not the highest paying job, even if it's not where you want to eventually be spending all of your time, if you have a way to pour out that sacred medicine, 
your true essence and have it received in contribution, there's so much fulfillment that comes from that. And I think everyone, no matter where they're at in life, socioeconomically, they have, they have capacity to be giving their sacred medicine and living their true essence today. I really believe that. And so the fifth, the fifth condition for a life of celebration is reciprocal relationships. Oh, because this is deeply relational, deeply relational, a community and ecosystem of thriving expanders. I'm using that term expander because it's important that we have people further ahead on the journey than us who can see us and witness us and validate us. That's what Rachel Maddox served for me in that moment when I shared in her circle. That's what my mentor Tanya Geisler did for me whenever I shared what I wanted from Rising Sovereign. She was like, yes, yes, that's what you're here to do. You're here to hold this kind of expansive space. And whenever we have those people who are modeling this way of living, who are living their thriving without bypassing, who are living lives of celebration without being ignorant to the realities of the world, that is so, so expansive. And in that, in these reciprocal relationships, we are met by people in their power. We are met by people who do not feel diminished by our power and help us go deeper and deeper into our own. These places where being in our full power and full truth and full expression allow us to create more room for other people. We become those elders. We become those powerful people who can call other people to take up all of their space because we're no longer intimidated by other women. We're no longer intimidated by other humans who are different, but also in their power. And that is so delicious. And goodness, that's the life. That's the world I want. I find when I hold space for women to truly come home to their power and to live a life of celebration, one of the greatest fears is loss of relationship and loss of belonging that comes from living out a life of her worth which means finding those spaces of reciprocal relationships where you can be seen and elevated and grounded in your goodness to, to expand into humble, humble confidence where other people can see you squirming in your power but not flinch, where your essence in your goodness is held and seen so that you can rise into it. The energy of holding others in their wholeness The energy of someone holding you in your wholeness allows you to start trusting it. These are spaces where you can ask questions, be messy, be human, make mistakes, and at the same time, embody your fullness, share your ambitions, get honest about what you're here to do and settle into who you're really here to be. And I think those spaces where the both and of your humanity and your divine magic come together allows for a life of celebration. So I want to know where your growth edges are with this. Are you in this phase of connecting to your power? Or maybe you're wanting to tap into the second one of connection to an abundant source and really trusting the divine. Maybe you're wanting the inner spaciousness and a wider range of nervous system capacity and inner safety to where you're not triggered out of your inner peace all the time, which is so easy to do these days. Maybe you're wanting more clarity on the contribution you bring to the world, your sacred medicine, your essence. And maybe all of that is feeling really good and you're wanting a space to sink into reciprocal relationship. Maybe just 
if you have a journal handy or if you're listening to this maybe while you're driving, take mental note. Where is your growth edge? What felt the most prickly to you? What felt the most exciting to you? Are you in a space where maybe you're not yet in a season of thriving or celebration, but you want to be? Maybe you're noticing judgment come up or guilt come up for even wanting this. Maybe you're feeling a longing. Maybe your heart feels open and excited, excited about possibility, excited about being in your power, maybe excited about the space you can hold for others whenever you are deeply in your power. That's, to me, where it gets really exciting. If you had permission to thrive, to celebrate your aliveness with community and then go after more, what is it that you would want to go after? What is it that you want? I end all my episodes by asking that question, what do you want? I would love to know, by the way. So if you are listening to this, feel free to pop into my DMs on Instagram. Send me a voice note and just a quick voice note and say, this is what I want. I listened to your episode and this is what I want. I would love to hear. This is something that obviously is a passion of mine, this life of celebration, this life of sovereign celebration, really, sovereign leadership. And if you are feeling like a really fun yes to this, I want to invite you to my nine-month mentorship container, Rising Sovereign, because this growth edge is so, it to me, it is the growth edge that allows us to be deeply rooted in our humble leadership. So my nine-month coaching container, Rising Sovereign, is now taking applications. There are only a few seats left, and I only open it up once a year. It is my depth coaching container. So if you want someone to come alongside you, support you to take up all your space, celebrate you and coach you and be honest with you through the sticky areas where you still don't feel safe enough or worthy enough or powerful enough or like you know enough, then I hope that I can be the person that can hold that space for you. This program is for the leaders, healers, visionaries, creatives who are already doing deep inner work, who aren't new to this, right? But they are ready for a container that really calls them higher into their fullness, deeper into right relationship, and to embody more of their true authentic essence in everything they do. Rising Sovereign is a journey of self-belonging that combines one-on-one depth coaching and which is really fun combining hypnosis coaching high-level consulting with group mentorship and facilitation and guest expert teaching and if life allows it a delicious retreat Um, i'm hoping that everything's going to open back up and allow us a chance for a retreat so if you you might what you might experience from this container is a bold and trauma-informed approach to coaching a neuroscience approach to coaching that is focused on where you are going, your essence, and will continually anchor you back into your power, a new understanding of integrity, leadership, trust, and your power, potency through simplicity and energetic reciprocity, deep embodiment of your fullness, letting go of managing other people's experience of you, embracing difference, nuance, and our relationship to privilege and thriving, Magic through feminine and masculine wholeness, feeling like we have access to that active, penetrating energy and also that receptive, relaxed energy, that magnetic energy, expansion through containment, a grounded and embodied approach to spirituality and manifestation and abundance. I am all for those things, but I think that we can do them in a way that feels deeply integrous. 
ambition without forsaking the poetry of living life, and an experience of your own power. Really, that's what I want. I have so many clients who tell me they've never experienced this kind of facilitation in space holding from any other coach, therapist, or mentor, which makes me feel really grateful, (laughs) really, really fucking grateful. So it's application only. If this excites you, please apply. I only take nine women through the content each year, and there are just a couple seats remaining for this intake. So I know how to hold you in your goodness. I know how to not be moved by your power, by your humanness. I can see you in your brilliance and not squirm. So yes, it is vulnerable to simmer in the good, and I I believe you can hold it. I really do. So if you are curious about Rising Sovereign, head to madisonmorrigan.com backslash rising dash sovereign and send an application or shoot me a DM on Instagram. I would love to have a conversation with you about this. And I hope that after listening to this, you feel more keen on celebrating your life, on leaning into your growth edges around living a life of celebration, to connect to your power, to connect to source, to feeling safe on the inside and spacious on the inside to have clarity on the contribution of your unique true essence and to live into that inside reciprocal relationships. We start on the 26th, so that's just in a week or two. So please apply. I cannot wait to have a conversation about this with you one-on-one and cheers to your celebration. Talk to you soon, love. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to Everything Belongs. If you loved this episode, please subscribe and leave me a five-star review on iTunes or your favorite podcast app so that others might find this podcast too. You can find the show notes and find out more about today's guests by going to madisonmorgan.com backslash podcast. And before you go, I want to tell you about Everything Belongs, the membership. For only $17 a month, join my monthly workshop gatherings that will serve as a playground and sacred circle to learn and explore a spirited life fully expressed in your worth, wholeness, and power. Members will have the opportunity to vote on podcast guests, pick workshop topics, send in questions to be answered live on the call, get a monthly journaling PDF, and members-only access to all of my coaching programs. If you're looking for a place to ground, gather, play, and explore all of the conversations shared here on Everything Belongs, then this is a space for you. For more information, go to madisonmorgan.com backslash membership. And if you're not following and chatting with me over on Instagram, please go do that now and DM me and let me know your favorite part of this episode. I cannot wait to hear from you. And until next time, remember that curiosity can be a portal to a rich life where everything truly belongs. See you next time.